0: The podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails I am Louise Ellis your host and with me as always is my very talented friend she's my little polar bear the miss DC female
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm floating on an iceberg right now so wouldn't you like yeah. me yeah. Uh, yeah it's a little warm today yeah. it would, <laughs> a polar bear would be nice today to yeah, so yeah. just like cuddle up on one <laughs> so um like the polar bear Gina I mean, I,
0: this one's gonna be good. So go for it. So, like the polar bear, that's adapted to our freezing Arctic conditions. So is the Arctic hare, and uh, a little damn thing, he can actually um, hit speeds of 300 or 37 miles per hour. Wow. On ice. Um, and there are many animals that have learned to like survive and thrive in extreme conditions, to include the meerkat. Uh, you know, that cute little little meerkats, yeah, they're cute, but they're also tough little buggers, um, and they make their home in the Kalahari Desert, where the temperatures can actually hit over 100 degrees, and they have so little shade or water, but they adapt, and they make it work. And of course, we all know from the movie, the determination of the king uh, Penguin. And when it comes to surviving on and and, and ensuring the survival of their chicks and their hatchlings and their chicks, you know, they go great, great lengths. I mean, they hold their little chicks on their feet and they actually do not eat for up to three months. Wow. And they actually have adapted to drinking salt water. They're one of the few animals in the world that can do that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. I didn't know that.
0: Do they pee fresh water? It would be interesting. I doubt it. Maybe they're crystals. Beep, beep. <laughs> so, you ask, Gina. I, I'm dying to are, see this rap. Why am I rambling on and on yes. about animals that thrive in extreme environments? Well, it's all been inspired by, by today's designated drinker. Okay. She is the portfolio brand ambassador of Campari America, and Louise
1: Marquis. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much. Are you an animal keeper that I didn't know about? I know. I don't know. I mean, I do love penguins, but I don't know where this is going. It's because, so
0: she was telling me, sharing her story with me during, uh, when we were chatting earlier, and she actually has a lot of your love for New York and how your life <laughs> blossomed, and your career blossomed yes. under extreme conditions. You're I, one of the few people yes. who have a story of, like, you have a very unique story yes. in, of, in New York.
1: Yeah. I do have a unique story in New York. That's so you, funny you say that. So it's, it's a, I love it. I was, I yeah, was just like, Yeah, the concrete jungle. Which, you know, live, you know. Yeah, this thing, yeah, like eat or be eaten. Yeah, like exactly. It's a jungle. And there's this, you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make, make it, it anywhere. Yeah. And it's this whole thing. And, like, I was living in L.A. I was, I was an L.A. bartender trying to be an actor, um, not getting very far with acting, just struggling. um, I was living in, like, a converted dining room, you know? Like, yeah. when you're that, you know when you're, like, that broke, that you're like, no, no, this will be fine, I'll just hang some curtains, no. it's fine, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, well, it'll be fine. And I moved, I had my heart broken, like, trampled on, and I had to get out of L.A. And, like, L.A. just, like, did not want me. There was just, like, I kept I kept getting parking tickets. <laughs> I kept, I got three thunderbenders. I got three, like, like bad thunderbenders within, like, a month. Like, it was just, oh like, new, L.A. was like, get out, <laughs> go away and I got to New York and New York's like New, York was like New York's so hard, you're so intense I got to New York and New York was like, hi, welcome would you like a job, here's a job would you like some friends, here's the best friends you could ever ask for. you want an apartment, here's a rent controlled apartment that you will now live in for 8 years and be able to save enough to buy your own home like, New York was just ready and will, like, open arms for me in a way that I couldn't, I mean I couldn't have even expected because LA had been so brutal so it was, I mean it was a gift, truly yeah. See? Yeah. I got it. It was pretty cool. Come in, it, it, yeah, come in. Yeah, yeah. I mean Sorry. the irony the irony is like like a like a crazy person, I'm just trying to move back to California and I've been trying to move back to California because my family's all there. And so now I'm getting a little older and my parents are getting a little older. I'm trying to move back and New York's like, No, 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 no. Like no no every time I try to leave New York they're like, No, here's a job, here's something else, don't go. So I guess it's, it's home for now. I have a great apartment, I love it great. Yeah. And you own on the island of Manhattan? I own on in the isthmus of Brooklyn. <laughs> God,
2: isthmus, I, love that. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, Campari job, real sweet these days.
1: Well, because I had a rent control apartment, and I live on the road, I had a pretty low, like, rent co- like, cost of living, and then because I live on the road, Campari often pays a lot of my, like, food. I don't, you yeah. know, I, I'm constantly end. taking people yeah. out and hosting them, so I was actually able to save a lot of money in the last couple of months I mean a couple last couple of years, and that's something we don't talk about a lot as brand ambassadors yeah. and you're able to save if you're kind of savvy and yeah. smart about it. I mean yeah and and I had a family that was super encouraging of that behavior and really supported me in it and I did it and they helped me invest it and gave me my uncle is super savvy and gave me a bunch of funds to invest in and I did and they did really well and was able to buy a home that's it's amazing great. it was amazing yeah that it is was, great I cried a lot about it <laughs> right. good tears because it's like really emotional to buy a home I've never lived in a house that anyone's ever owned before like in my family we never had a my parents bought one after I went to college but we had always lived in rentals I'd always lived in someone else's house I was always like kind of the guest of somebody forever and so to, own, to walk in and say like this is mine I bought it, it was pretty amazing for me that's roots it's roots and it was interesting because I, I posted it online and I didn't realize like what a deep wish that is for people you know to, to have that own oh, a house yeah yeah like own your home I just I I was joking it's like everyone thinks they're special but it's like these universal things like I just thought I had this thing where I wanted to own a house but <laughs> I didn't really tap in like everybody has this or not everybody but a lot of people have like a really deep need and desire for that so it was interesting to watch that like and that like touched a lot of people yeah you have a, a oh, couple okay. of really interesting, you unique like stories. Private. I know. <laughs> like, I wasn't I mean, prepared for that. It's not a conversation with me if someone doesn't cry. Like, my boyfriend's always like how come, how come you're cry- like, how come they're in the corner crying now? I was like, I don't know. We just got really into it. <laughs> like, they have some deep trauma that, like, they really want to share. Where in California are you from? I'm, so, I grew up in Big California. Okay, so that's is, it. There we go. Yeah, and I grew up at Esalen Institute, which is, like, a personal growth retreat center, and I was raised by therapists, so... Yeah. so
2: you're fully connected hug a tree
1: love a tree oh, oh my god I hug so many trees yes I'm a big hugger it's a
2: thing, <laughs> it's a thing. it is a thing yeah. I didn't realize that was a real thing until I went to California for the first time oh yeah my friends are like oh you have to, you have to do this I was like you are going to hug this tree in San Francisco <laughs> so this tree feels so good it's so rooted I'm like all right, let's fucking hug some let's trees. Some trees. <laughs> yeah, there I am in yeah. San Francisco, and I'm standing I and like It's my like first trip out of San Francisco ever, and I'm like hugging this. Um, and I believe it was like I don't know, it was an oak; it was something with a soft outside. Mm. I don't know what it was, but mm. I know the park. It was in the park that's um, Dolores Park. It's like the, the circular park that's like right on top of um by eight. Yes, yeah. maybe right.
1: Yeah,
2: and then I like hugged the tree. I'm like, I didn't have enough to. Okay, I'll hug the tree. So I hug the tree, and I'm like. And like, do you understand what it, what it feels like? And then you realize that all your soft skin is like this, and then this mm-hmm. tree doesn't move.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're really just feeling yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is, I got it, but what oh, hugging a tree yeah. meant. It meant nothing about hugging a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could hug a broomstick, but you would still feel the same, that you feel yourself. It's all of your sensation and all of your strength that you
0: actually feel. Oh, and now cool. I got it. Yeah,
1: that's cool. so Cool.
0: Yeah. So we're way off topic. What's your <laughs> no, answer? <laughs> but I, I love said, that. I really I wanted to that. jump into your... Because you do have these really cool kind of like little pockets of life stories. Yeah, and sure. And you get on it growing up in mm-hmm. a
1: very uh, un- mm-hmm. unusual or unique... Yeah, I grew up in a really unique situation. There's only like 10 of us that can have... You know, there's like 10 of us every five years that have this kind of experience of growing up. And we grew up in a really unique time in Esalen's history as well. So no one else is going to ever have that again, which is pretty cool. Um, Esalen, for most people don't know what Esalen is anymore. It's a personal growth retreat center. It's been around since the 60s. It's founded on this idea of human potential and that humans are capable of an infinite amount of, of possibility. And we often don't even scratch the surface of what we can do. And so it's a center that... Um, you know, a lot of therapy came out of it Gestalt therapy came out of it a lot of dance therapy came out of Esalen um, a very unique style of massage came out of Esalen that's very yeah. connected and in like, traditional massage, they'll kind of work on like your arm or like your leg. And in Essilin massage, they work from your arm to your leg to integrate your whole body at one time. Oh, and so interesting. Yeah. And so it's a lot of... The word connected comes up a lot and like sometimes very meaningfully and sometimes with a lot of eye rolls. <laughs> but it depends. Um, but I grew up in it and it is, you know, it's a business, it's a school, it's a not-for-profit and then it's also a community and there's a group of people that live there and it's an hour south of any, or hour south or north of any like business, there's nothing there. It's empty. There's it's a desolate coast. It's, wow. it's the wildest coast. It's so stunningly beautiful, and it's really restricted. No one can come and go. I mean, you can like you can't just walk into Esalen. You have to have a class to be signed up, or and so I grew up in a setting where people really had to make their own fun, and so a lot of the stuff I do now in my job, like I do Secret Santa, yeah. came out of. At Esalen, we grew up playing Angel Mortal. And you... Because, right, it was Angel Mortal because it's so... Way, way, way. Angel Mortal. <laughs> and, like, your angel would leave presents for you around the property. And then you would have... And you'd be an angel to somebody else. And, like, we just... It was basically Secret Santa. Or, like, um, we grew up... Oh, God, I still want to do this in the industry. It was a pie-smashing contest. Like, a face thing. And, basically, you would draw a name. And then, at some point during the week, you had to pie someone in the face. So, at any point that week, you they, like could pie you and you would be pied. Oh my goodness! What a delight!
0: Oh, what, what a delight! delight. <laughs> oh my god! What a delight!
1: I like. I still. I'm like. How do we build this into the bar industry in some way? Like, how, you know, it's like the equivalent of getting iced, yeah. essentially. Uh, ah, yeah. she's too pie in the Yeah. Face. <laughs> but I feel like if
2: you sign up for it, you're you're willing to accept. Yeah, or yeah, give. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you were ready, and you were also like you're always on the ready to both give and receive, which I think is very. I don't know. I think it's very fun. So it's like my sense of community came out of growing up in a community. Yeah. yeah. What's it like to get a pie in the face? So I mean, a dream. <laughs> it's delightful. Apparently, I mean, I also like went to clown school. Like, I love a pie in the face. Like, why not? Oh like, God. it's so clown so, like, school. I went to clown. So I'm, I joke that I was I'm a clown school reject. Like, it's actually. So I went to like some like workshops and then I applied to graduate school. I'm not joking. I, the reason I'm a brand ambassador is I applied to graduate school for clown for clowning and I didn't get it.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> No way. I'm not kidding. I didn't so, know you could go to graduate school for clowning. Yeah. Well,
1: it's an MFA in theater, but oh. it's at Del Arte, which is up in way middle of nowhere in Northern California, and it's this bizarre little school, and they offer this MFA in theater, but it's a focus in clown, and it's European clown. It's, like, very you know, classic. It's not, like, scary yeah. Talking. Oh, I, I mean, sometimes, maybe, yeah. but that's fun. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and so I applied, and I went to audition, and they were like, this is not the place, like, they were so serious, like, not the place for you, and I was like, I think you're right, and I ran away, <laughs> and I still take classes the night at ten. I love this, I have this teacher I love, and I'll do clowning, and clowning, also, like, talk, and talk about my job, like, so much of what I do, I learned in clown school, as well. As well. I know it just sounds so silly, but, like. We all take ourselves so seriously. But you're right. You're about theater too. Yeah. yeah. But like the clown is the most. Oh my god! This is really off the rails. The, like the Richard. the clown is the most vulnerable character in all of theater. Like the clown is completely innocent. The clown is a child, and the clown approaches everything with like love and wonder. Meh. And so when you are in, like, your clown space, everything is so exciting. So when I go in to present on a brand, I almost enter in that clown space of, like, we're going to do this thing today, and it's going to be so fun. <laughs> what a joy. What a joy. We get to be here, and we get to try this thing, and someone spent so much time making it, and, like, it's all optimism. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I'm a clown school reject. I love this. Yeah. I, I, I love it. this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Never heard of anyone who was a, went to clown school, much less got me. Did skin. you know this Very before? Cool. She was com- nope. No, I didn't know I that one. Yes, I,
1: love it. I have a few on my sleeve.
0: Like, yeah, it. It's from so, clown school. It's from you clown keep going school. <laughs> <laughs> there's still,
1: there's still, there's still more.
2: Yeah. Do you have those like tricks and stuff and like noses and clown makeup at home?
1: No, because I never actually learned how to use them because they wouldn't let me into school. <laughs> so no, but I learned like I took you <laughs> know I took burlesque classes, I took clown school, I went to theater school. Like I learned. A lot of stuff about like playing a part. Yeah, so a lot right. of what I do, like especially when you work on a portfolio, is like, like you see people and they're so good because they embody their brand, right? Look at like like people that are nominated right now, like Trevor Schneider is like up for, Rika, and he's like embodies the energy of Rika, which is great. Until like which is what I did on Pernod Absinthe, you know, I was like the Absinthe Fairy. Everything I wore was green or green and But then like it's great, and then you get a portfolio. And you can't, it's hard to embody a portfolio. It's a little, right? And so each brand, you have, like, it's like a different outfit. It's a different energy. It's a different thing. So, like, when I go to present on Appleton, it's a very different vibe than when I present on Grand Marnier or a different vibe than when we talk about Sky or when I um, go into, like, host Espelon cocktail fights. It's a very different, whole different drop-in. And I have a whole different section in my closet for, like, Espelon versus Grand Marnier versus, you know, Appleton. So I'm always (laughs) switching back and forth. And it's... For me, and for someone who's like want, loves being a performer, it's so fun, because also like there's this this perception about theater and acting that it's like fake, right? Yeah. It's like oh you're fake, you're acting, but really when you go to acting school, you realize that all you're really doing is actually being really honest under imaginary circumstances. And so, <laughs> and so a lot of what I do is like be really open, and I just like give myself a different point of view every time I talk about a different brand,
0: and then you like know, I let that point of view influence me. That makes a lot of sense because you can watch certain um actors and bad acting yeah and they feel very guarded yes they're, they 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 don't feel like they're god, we'll themselves we'll like nowhere. that you don't, they, you don't it, they're not embracing the character yeah but you're getting this really and you can you can see it feel yeah. it and, and mm. i've never thought about the fact that acting is actually being open and being vulnerable oh my
1: god meryl streep on big L- big little lies right now is like because she's playing a horrible person if you guys are watching this i, I have you. not seen it with meryl streep i have not seen this she is Oh my god, she's playing like the person that makes her skin crawl like you just know she's up to no good But you watch her doing it and she's so completely in that space like you know that she's done all the back work To say like what would make me do this? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's very off topic But like <laughs> yeah. it's but when we start to talk about brands We have to talk about point of view of like if you're gonna present this thing What is your point of view about that product? Yeah, and how do you feel about it? And then everything you do is influenced by that point of view. Yeah, yeah Uh, Ah, that's amazing. (laughs) 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 So, you know, I was like,
2: listening. you say this, and like now the acting and everything comes in there, Mm -hmm. but on your way here today, what happened to you? Oh my God,
1: okay. Because I feel like the universe is telling you something. I know, I know. So, okay, so I'm supposed to meet you guys, and and I maybe it was a little disorganized because I was running out of I had a seminar this morning on like being a brand ambassador, which is very fun. I was chatting people, and I was like, oh my God, I have to run. I have to go. I have an interview. I have a very important interview. So, like, running, and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like scrolling through my phone. I'm like, where's the invite? Oh my god. Okay, found it. Napoleon House. Great. We're meeting at the Napoleon House. Second floor. I'm like frantically running around, and I get to the Napoleon House. And I'm like, hi. I, I need to be on the second floor. I'm late. I have an interview. I, I I'm so sorry. I, I I gotta be there, but I don't know what's going on. There's an event. It seems like I, I don't know. I gotta go. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. Um, come upstairs. It's uh hold on. Actually, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. And they like talk to like three people, and they all like walkie talkies. And I was like, okay. Uh okay and he's like yeah you can come up I was like oh thank god I'm like so embarrassed because I don't like I'm late like especially to you like so kind podcast. of you that you're interviewing me I was like but well, oh, why I'm is so there such so heavy security like <laughs> oh my god and I get upstairs and I yeah, and these burst girls these women are so important and like oh my god and now I'm like even more nervous because like I'm late to this thing with like Rick. and they burst in the room and it's like like, like the two stars Breaking Bad <laughs> Brian Cranston and oh god the other guys I want to call him Jesse but I think that's his character on the yeah. show and he's like they're there, and they both, like, look at me, and, like, the, fi- the small army of, like, beautiful PR women look at me, and I was like, this is not a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Cranston went, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, oh, uh, sorry, and I, like, s- like s- snuck out, and then you called me, and you gave me the correct address, and oh, my God. Yeah. So apparently there's a Dos Hombres mezcal party happening, and they're gonna be there. Yeah. It took. I was like, man, I just want to take a photo right now. Like this is so good. Like this would be so funny. You're like, like is it wrong if I do this? Yeah. Is it wrong <laughs> if I just if I just <laughs> take a <up> selfie? <laughs> like oh god. I mean, you know whatever. It's so funny. But. Anyway, that happened to me on my way here. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's either way. Like, the roads would have led back to booze. Like, even yeah. if I'd been an actor, maybe I would have, like, started a liquor company anyway. Well. So, I just cut out the middleman. I middle mean, Dose is <laughs> pretty smart of yeah. don't you think? Yeah. I just cut yeah. out the middleman. I cut yeah. out years of disappointment and struggle. And I just yeah. jumped straight into being <laughs> a brand ambassador. So, really, I'm the winner here. There you
0: are. Winner, yeah. we're yeah. a chicken yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> What a
1: story. So, you were in New York when you became a brand ambassador? Yes. I was in Los Angeles. I, I moved to Santa Cruz. I was bartending in Santa Cruz and moved to LA. Um, to, to be an actor and also bartend and learn more. And then I moved to New York and I had a sense of, like I wanted to be in the craft cocktail world, but I didn't really know what that meant. Like I was still super green. And and at the time, I mean, you were a woman in the business. Mm-hmm. Like Gina, you were there. I remember you were amazing. I was like, who oh, is she? She's so cool. <laughs> and you were running stuff. Like I remember that being like, oh, yeah. women can run. But like, there weren't a lot of women and it was mostly men. And so I showed up and they were like, you're a girl. We need a girl behind this bar because it's only guys. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, girls make more money. <sighs> yeah. Which is like, right? For and I was like, okay. I know you think that because it's of my ta- because of my tank top. Yeah. I know that because I'm faster than all these guys. So yeah. I'm better than. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The staff at these places were wonderful. But I, so I started as a as a bartender, and then I started throwing parties because I just like loved the business. I loved all my like, it was like a, all these new friends like the world of acting, people are mean to each other and they're exclusionary and the cocktail world is so inclusive and like, yes, come be part of this. We want you, we want you. And I was having so much fun. I found like, I came to Tails. It was like so great. And I started throwing parties that were just like, I started like a, my best friend and I started this thing called Common Criminals, like a little (laughs) pop-up team, Leslie Paris, I don't know if you know Leslie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny, it's like her life is so different. She started Punch Drink, and she went into media, she's a writer now, but we started Common Criminals, and we would just throw parties, and like, really stupid, funny, like, we're going to do Running of the Bulls, and we'll just dress up like bulls and run through the streets. You know, and like no one sponsored us, no one, you know, but we just, I started like planning events and learning how to integrate all the like theater stuff into all the cocktail stuff and like putting them together. And then Leslie left Prono. She was the Prono ambassador and she left her job. And I thought she was a crazy person. I was like, why would you ever give this job up? Because she wanted to go be a writer, which is fair. And thank God she did because they offered me her job. And so they said, well, you've been doing all, you've basically been helping her, like doing her events with her. You seem to know how to do this intuitively. And for me, it was an opportunity to take all that theater and all that cocktail and all that community and, like, smush it all together into a job that actually had, like, health care. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd never... I hadn't had healthcare in years. And, wow. I, mean, I I had no money. I was so excited. I mean, at the time, they offered me, like, not enough money, and we negotiated, and, you know, and someone coached me through that process, That's and they great. still didn't pay me enough money. And, but, I mean, but it was my first job. It was my first brand job, and I'm so infinitely grateful. And then there was, like, so much freedom, to do whatever I wanted on that brand. No one cared about that brand. Like, I mean, the brand manager had, like, six other brands she was dealing with. She's like, great, you're here. Have fun. Like, go yeah. for it. And I just got to come up with really cool stuff. You know, we would, you know, I pronounce the whole thing was art. And so I said, okay, well, yeah, sure, we work with artists. But, like, why don't we talk to bartenders who are artists? There's a yeah. lot of them. I mean, I'm, you know, I was a theater person. Yeah. So I knew there's, if I'm a theater person, there must be, like, a bunch of, like, visual artists out there painting, making work, photography. So we, the my, my last thing I worked on for a year was we curated an art show and we rented a space for two weeks and we got all this artwork from all those bartenders and hung it up on the walls and people could come and see their work. That's awesome. It was really cool. So it was a fun way to like integrate all the things. Um, so that's when I started being a brand ambassador. I think I started too early when people ask me like how do you know, I want to be a brand ambassador. Mine fell out of the sky, it was not the plan at all. And I, you know, my advice to people when they want brand jobs is, is wait, wait a long time and you don't get a chance to go back to school. You know, mm-hmm. like when you're in school, like go to school. If you're bartending, like learn how to bartend, like learn that stuff. Cause I don't get to now, I don't get to work with a whole back bar full of options. Yeah. So it, like as much experience as you can get in the business, learning, going on brand trips, taking advantage of opportunities, like doing all that stuff before you get a brand job is really, to me, like really important. And I see too many people jumping ship too early and going into brand work too early. And um, I will say, like I was really lucky that I managed, and this I think this was my calling. I don't think I was supposed to be a bartender. I think this yeah. was, that was my way through. But my advice is, always, is to stay bartending for a while. But yeah, I did get my start. In New York (laughs) to answer your question (laughs) and so do you want like the next part of it okay so I was at Pernod I did two years at Pernod and usually the life expectancy of a brand ambassador is sort of about two years is sort of the expectation like about two years and if you do less like you it takes a year to learn how to do the job I think it takes a year to learn just about any job any job anything you
0: can you have a flow to it and
1: I had this great teacher in high school and she's like you can do anything for a year like, give yeah. yourself a year. And so I remember, like, there were moments, it was frustrating, I was lost, I was like, I should just go back to bartending, I'm not good at this, I don't know how this works, like, you know, I'm not, they don't, whatever, whatever, you know, yeah. I spent, accidentally spent $25 and I wasn't supposed to, you know, whatever the thing was. I went, you know, I went $100 over budget, <laughs> um, which is cute now, because now I go more than that. Sometimes. <laughs> but I was on Pernod, and I... Um, it was a really good learning experience, and then so I did that for two years, and then it was sort of kind of wondering what was next, and the brands were changing, and the brand plans also shift every two years or so, so and companies get restructured, and we were figuring out what's next, and I got a couple like inc- like kind of like nibbles and bites, and I applied for a job on BevForce.com, which I can't promote enough, like they helped me so much, and I applied for this like random job in California because I was trying to move home for the fifteenth yeah. time, <laughs> and. This recruiter called me and said, "Hey, I saw your application and that's not the job for you, but I think I do have a job for you. And would you be would you would you consider interviewing for a role with a French product?" I was like, "Yeah, what French product?" She's like, "Well, I have to interview you. You've to like go through the process of it." And I was like, "Fine. Okay, if I can't if it's not for me because I thought I was going to take this other job, I was like, "It's not for me. I'll help you find somebody." And cuz I love finding people jobs and and she's, we start talking, and she's like, so um, cool. Like, I'm telling her about my background, my history, and what I do. She's like, so you sound like a great, you sound like the candidate for this role. And I was like, what's the brand? And she's like, it's, it's Grand Marnier. I was like, what? That would be so cool. Like, I didn't know. And she's like, you also get to work on Pisco.' And I was like, yes, I love Pisco. I mean, I love that brand. I love that product. I love the liquid. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And so I got headhunted. And if you could get headhunted. Man, yeah if you can get headhunted, let me tell you, because as a, as a woman, I have not been trained to negotiate. I don't yeah. know if there's like a special class for men that they take them aside, but like, yeah. they don't do it for the girls. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. So I did not. And so this amazing woman that was my recruiter, like negotiated my salary for me and helped yeah. me fight for what I could get. And they had an incredible offer and my boss at Pernod and I didn't, I loved my family at Pernod so much. They were my family. Like they raised me and They've been so great, and I told them the offer, and they said, "If you don't take this, I'm gonna fire you. You have to take this job." I said, "Okay." She said, "But I'm gonna warn you, it's a sales job." I was like, "No, it's not a sales job. It's a brand ambassador." She's like, "It's a sales job." I said, "No, no, no. I know, and I know. It's a brand ambassador, it's a brand. And I got there, it was a sales job, hundred percent. And it's a, this thing that's happening in the business around brand ambassadors is that they're getting these brand ambassadors. You, I'm sure you're seeing this in DC. Yeah, of it was like. These people are getting these, these really cool brand ambassador jobs, and I'm putting that in quotes, and then they're really getting sales jobs, and the understanding of what a brand ambassador is, and a salesperson, and, and, and what, what brand ambassadors can do for your brand is it's getting really muddy, and so... It was an interest. It was an important and interesting experience for me. I did that brand for two years. I worked on the portfolio, and I basically work on work and support the sales team as much as I could. I was out on sales calls. I covered. I negotiated to cover the West Coast and be based in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I it just like I was like it doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter where I work because I'm on a plane 90% of the time. So like. I, I want to cover California because that's where my connections are. I want to cover the West Coast. That's where that's where I'm started. That's where my, many of my connections are. It's also where I wanted to build more connections. And I was like, I have New York. I can help you with New York when I'm here. But, like, I want to cover the West. So they let me do it, which was insane. The whole thing was insane. I racked up so many air miles. Um, I was never home. It was really hard on my relationship. It was really hard on, every, on my friendships. Like, I watched my friendships sort of, like, dissolve, you know? Like, yeah. groups of friends, I'd really invested and built like they they're like you built this and then you left and I didn't I was like I'm just trying to have a career like and trying to figure this out so I was you know I was young I was trying to figure it out yeah. um so I did that. So it was this, it was predominantly a sales role, like I support the sales team and I did sales calls. But then, in all my free time, I did all the brand ambassador work. So I was just like, okay, let's push, let's host this event, let's do this. And I was always just like hustling on the side to say like, how do we include our community? How do we build bartender affinity? And that was the year I got nominated for best brand ambassador. And yeah. I was like, this is ironic because like I've been like I, that's been you know like I've been hustling so hard because I had to because I couldn't. If I just done the sales job, I wouldn't have been seen because yeah. I was I was kind of in sales rooms all the time. Yeah. And so I had to like kind of do more with less. And that's when I got really good at, I think, good at like doing more stuff on social media and posting like being really loud about what we were doing because I didn't have the resources to do much more than that. Gotcha. So I learned a lot in that role. And then when Campari bought Grand Marnier, um and my old boss from Pernod walked in the door because they'd hired him away from Pernod to be my boss, which was, like, the best thing that could have ever happened. <laughs> and he said, please don't leave, you know? Like, transitions are hard, and my friends are going through a trans, my friends are going through, like, acquisition right now, and it's really intense. It's really scary. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like... There's no security. There's no security. You know what's going to happen. Like, every literally every day, there's some new email with some new update about, like, what's going on? Like, we don't yeah. know. And... They, he said, please don't leave. Please stay. We want you to stay. And like the ballsiest moment of my life, I was like, I'll stay if I can have everything. <laughs> I went for Bruno Absinthe, this little brand that, like, that nobody was caring about, that I was like championing. Went to Grand Marnier, this brand that people were like, what is Grand Marnier? And then I was like, I want all the hands <laughs> America, the And they gave it to me. And they're like, Okay. Came on, let's do this. I was like, okay. And Basically he said, What do you need? Way your mouth is. I said, they said, What do you need? And I said, I need you to hire my old boss back. Like the guy the, the woman under him. I was like, I need you to get her back because I don't know how to do this by myself. Like I'm good at the message, I'm good at like sharing, I'm good at hosting, but I'm not good at like the spreadsheets. Yeah. And she crushes <laughs> the spreadsheets. I was like, she's good at that stuff. And so he said, Okay. I mean he didn't do it for me, he was doing it for himself anyway. He's like, I'm already working on it. And so he brought her over as well, and we're all a team again. Great. So it's like this lesson of don't burn your bridges, you know? Like, no, keep absolutely. your connections, stay friends with people, stay close to people. And I was always into, I sent, I sent a Christmas card. Do you get my Christmas cards every yeah, year? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I send Christmas oh, cards every year. Oh You'll get God, one I now. You'll get one. Awesome. So I send little Christmas gifts every year, and I made sure the they were on my list. So every year, they got a card from me, you know? Even though I didn't work for them, I was like, I miss you guys. Like, You're my family. And so when they came over, like, we'd still been in touch for two years. So it was really easy to pick up where you left off. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's something I love sharing that story because I want I want other people hearing it to think like as they're jumping from job to job or leaving you know leaving one bar going to the next bar starting whatever it's like stay stay connected stay close stay stay on everyone's good side leave on good terms like yeah. foster those relationships because you never know who's going to walk in the door and be your boss it could be your former bar back who you were horrible to <laughs> and now like now the director of wine because they grew up and became a sommelier now it's like. You, that's you know you got to be careful. I'm sure everyone has an anecdote of like the last person in the world I expected is now like running the company yeah
2: yeah even though I own my own bars I've always met nice to everybody even
1: yeah i leave I'm always like well you never
2: know in this world and they're like I've, yeah. I've hired back people that I mm-hmm. hired <laughs> yeah because you've seen were nice, change, yeah, they change, you they were and... nice people they left in the right way you know, even though I had to let them go on technicalities yeah a lot of times in corporate jobs, three times you're out, yeah. you know, or four times where they really, get a verbal, and then written up, yeah. written up, written up, and you have to follow protocol, and then, like, you lose this amazing person, and you're like, I can't hire you here, but I can hire yeah. you here, but you got to, like, never do this again. But like, stop being late. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can you be that good and think that, like, you know, you're making so much money, get up on time. Just get up on time. Yeah, Yeah. and don't ever say you work the morning shift ever again.
1: Yeah, like know yourself. You know, know where your niche is. Know your skill set. Like, yeah, just like don't promise.
2: I'm gonna make cocktails. Okay,
1: go make a cocktail. I would love that. I'm gonna step.
2: Okay.
1: She's yeah. going to go out on the veranda. the veranda. Oh, la, la. So we know, we're are in the most beautiful room. Can I see where we are? Absolutely. That's right we we're going. You oh, are. Oh, great. Um, we're, we're in this beautiful room at Brennan's. We're upstairs. And I've... So the Brennan family is like... They are the establishing family of hospitality yes, in New Orleans. They and they are... Incredible, And they have these incredible, all these spaces also. They own, like, everything from Commanders to Brennan's to Napoleon. Dickie Brennan's, Napoleon House. They have all these spaces. I think you know that place, right? Napoleon I've, House? Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. You should see the second floor. You should see the second floor. It's really incredible. Very lovely. Have you ever yeah. been upstairs? Upstairs, upstairs? No,
0: upstairs? no. Oh, so, um, speaking of the Brennans, Ralph yeah. has, uh, has hosted the show every time we come to New That's Orleans, which sweet. is great. so you know, sweet. him. hospitality
1: food. here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, usually, we're at the Napoleon Napoleon's. House. And Chris, uh, chef, is there? It knows all the history, and um, it was never this. The There's rumor that it was built for Napoleon, but he never lived there. And um, but it, what he was um, uh, uh, the residence of the first mayor, I believe. Okay. The but there are definite slave quarters, like back stairs. Um, I don't what time this was, but <coughs> those were apartments, and that building was kind of abandoned for a mm-hmm. while. Um, and you go up in. the you are never alone in that space. You are never ever yeah, alone. And there's yeah. some spots on um, the very, th- so we went all the way up to the Coppola, which mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. see all like 360 of New Orleans and not everybody gets to go up there because it, it, they've been working on it for a long time, but yeah. it's it's not in like viewing condition. But I mean, it's it's a work uh, work in progress. Um, but yeah, you are not alone when you're in that or in that building.
1: The history of New Orleans is is really complicated. Yeah, and the history of the I mean the history of America is really complicated, but especially New Orleans has like this it's this intersection of all these different cultures and histories yep. and all these stories over the centuries. And absolutely, we went on a on a ghost tour. Which is so cheesy. Cheesy, but fun. But so fun and so interesting, and like a way to learn a little bit about the history of New Orleans. I think we come here for tales, and it's like, oh, we're here for tales. We're like in the space because this is the space, but we don't, I think sometimes we forget to like really look around and realize that New Orleans is a really special place. Yes. With so much history and such a unique identity. I would say it's female, and she's just a little gritty. She's a little gritty? Yeah. But she's real sophisticated, too. Yeah. she's real nice. Like, this room is stunning. And this room has been here a long time. And, like, the, the buildings here have been here a really long time. It's older than America. You know, it's older than the United yeah. States. Yeah. Our history yep. is a really old city. And um, we forget that in New Orleans. I think, so I'm always reminding people when they come to Tales, like, go to local bars. Go support local bartenders. Yes. Hire local bartenders to work your events. Because they're... They're part of the flavor of the city that makes yeah, it so special. Absolutely. I was coming here long before
0: the podcast, yeah. and obviously, the podcast is what brought me to Tales uh, for the first time. This is my third year here. Um, so, I have a love for New Orleans yeah. that comes from a different point. Like, because yeah. I was coming as a tourist or, uh, yeah, a tourist basically. Wedding, one, twice, a couple times, that kind of yeah. thing, but it's never. so...
1: Yeah, it has. It's really. I mean, it has a history in the cocktail. I mean, cocktail history is yeah, it's a cool place. Yeah. Come visit New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and come to Brennan's. <laughs> come to, Oh my God, definitely come to Brennan's. It's delicious. It is. Yeah.
0: So you are still. The, yeah. The, so I am I, still. You are yeah, still. I currently. You're still, are you still? Yeah. No, you're never. You're very animated. I'm, you are not still.
1: <laughs> it's, unless I'm asleep. <laughs> unless I'm asleep, I'm probably moving. Something. Yeah you should put a camera and see how much you move at night oh god I, I probably well no so I just bought a weighted blanket oh Sh- shameless plug I don't work for the company but I bought this it's called from Baraby and it's a knitted it's 25 pounds and you lay it on your body and there's all these studies about yeah. like how compression helps to calm and soothe you so now I wake up and my sheets my bedding nothing has moved because the weight of the blanket just holds me in place and it's Wonderful. Is it really it's warm like, though? No, and that's always the first question. So the one I have, oh, thank you so You're much. My oh my God, we have a cocktail. Oh, yes, so beautiful.
2: So it's stepped outside and I'm gonna tell you what's in here. And it's okay. kind of, um. so okay. I love Campari, one of my favorite things you guys have in your portfolio. I mean, yeah, they, we mm. named the
1: company after it. Right,
2: so yeah. we love it, right? <laughs> so we're gonna do, so this is, um. so it's our a Negroni using, um, so we used um, Antica, we a Carpano Antica. And then for one ounce, let me use Campari for one ounce. And then we used a half an ounce of Sky Watermelon. Oh my God,
1: I love it. I, I did like crazy. Vodka.
2: And then a half an ounce of Escalon silver. oh cool. So oh, kind cool. of like on its way to its own like tequila. Really Does tequila new cronies have
1: names? Am I missing the it? Rosita is the Tequila Negroni. Is that the name now? Okay. Well, it's a Rosita, but a Rosita is a specific drink with yes, like, a certain yeah, amount yeah. of sweet and dry. Yeah. And it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like, a Tequila Negroni is just tequila with sweet and Right. Flavors. I was going to say, I'm not right, right? That's not like the real thing. So what's kind of fun about our flavors? They're made with real fruit. And they really are like our our team. So our team cheers. and... Oh, cheers. Sorry. North. Oh, North. Oh,
0: oh, oh. I have no I had no idea what to expect when you said like you listed that out mm-hmm. this is amazing yeah it's almost like there's some chocolate mm-hmm. notes and there's some orange That's notes what that and some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah it's almost like a a juicy chocolate orange
1: but the watermelon and the tequila go really beautifully together too and you they can too. like taste just like a hint of that watermelon freshness and then watermelon and campari are really good friends too so it's like such a lovely little triad of flavors and then you have all that you're saying like all that's chocolate all that depth is coming from the vermouth and they're just playing so like it's easy this is, it's easy but it's really fun and it's really creative and this is like your calling card right is like taking yeah. So like a little bit of wild twist on something that you think is going to be like, this is so strange, and then it's delicious.
2: It's <laughs> sort of unexpected. Um, these are great frozen, too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, oh like we'll, we'll get both recipes. We'll do one frozen, and mm-hmm. one like a frozen, um, like a, like a uh, frozen negroni, mm-hmm. a fragroni. A frozen,
1: <laughs> um, frozen a, frigroni, a yeah. I mean, and, you, and we garnish just
2: and yeah, then we garnish it with a little <laughs> bit of an orange, but you could also put a wedge of watermelon if you want to Ooh. accent it. But really, it just disappears, so you have all that bitterness. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, you have the smell of it, and then it tastes mm-hmm. it and it goes away.
0: So, if you did a watermelon in this, Gina, would that, would go out? Oh, just a garnish? It would, yeah. It yeah, it's just
2: for sort of fun. Like, if I was yeah. going to do them frozen, I would do a watermelon wedge. Yeah. But they'll so sit fun. in there yeah. and just throw it in there and it kind of looks like the bottle of the okay, sky. It's so cute. Yeah, it's just fun. I think sometimes like, oh, we forgot that cocktails are going to be so complicated. So when you're at home, this is super approachable. Mm-hmm. Like you pick it up, it's one ounce, one ounce, and then half an ounce and half an ounce. Stir yeah. it, 30 rotations, um, and then pour up a fresh ice and then a little um, quarter round of orange.
1: And it's all stuff you would have. Like you'd have a bottle of tequila, you have a bottle of Campari. You probably have vermouth in the fridge, and then maybe yes. the one thing you buy is Sky Watermelon. And then like you're welcome, yeah. Because then the rest of your summer is a delight because you yeah. can use Sky Watermelon with so many like fun, interesting drinks. And like we kind of make fun of like flavored vodka, yeah. But I think just even just a little bit in a cocktail like this, like something that is as heady as this, and you add something that's like really fun and playful, it's just so delightful. And our our, our products are really high quality. There, our flavor team is based in Kentucky at Wild Turkey and this woman named Shaylin does all of our flavors and they spent like two years developing the orange like I mean, the orange, the watermelon, trying to figure out exactly like what makes watermelon taste like watermelon. Yeah. Because it's not just like taking fruit and soaking it in something. That's not yeah. how you make a flavored vodka. You actually have to like pull from all these different kinds of flavor compounds and putting them together. It took a really long time to get exactly what we were going for, which is like the summer sun-ripened watermelon. It's great. It's and it's, a, it's just a lovely little twist on it, a classic like tequila Negroni. Yeah. Thank tequila you. Tequila Yeah, I know. I
2: don't. Yeah. Rosita. You know, what? Is, well, we'll go through that later. We'll call it a, like, like a
1: Gina Negroni. Um, we are just gonna you know, we're
2: going
1: to, you know. Gina-roni. Gina-roni. <laughs> I think that's just, like, it's what funny. I call you. It's just too much. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> we'll come up with a name. We'll come up with a name by the time I you're I
2: mean, in. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Suburbia. We'll go back to DC, go to Suburbia, jump this in the machine, and just drink, like, half it down and be like, oh, this is the name. I like, the a, I like a
0: Suburbia, a Suburban Negroni, too. It's kind of yeah. fun, too. Yeah. I like that. Right. Summertime. I'm, I'm into, into that. It. Okay, great. Hilarious. Here. So mm-hmm. if you want any of the tips, how tos or how to make this kind all of our recipes from all of our shows, where are they gonna go? Designated drinker dot show.
2: One more time. <laughs> Let me clear my throat. <laughs> um,
0: designated drinker dot show. Yep. And so we'll have uh, again all the recipes, everything you want from Gina. But
1: then we'll make sure that they um, people have links out to um, find your products so they know exactly what
0: to do when they go to the store and make sure they pick up the right bottles.
1: And it's fun. Like this is such a great example of what we call the Negroni family tree. So it's something where you start a drink with Campari and sweet vermouth, and then you play with it. So. I did this whole mind map, like beautiful mind, on the whiteboard at work the other day. But it's basically like you start with Campari and sweet vermouth, and then you add rum, and you get a Jamaican Negroni. You add um, gin, you get a classic Negroni. You add um, vodka, you get a vodka. Right? You get all these things. You start. You add bourbon, you get a Boulevardier. You add um, sparkling wine, you get a, a Spagliato. So it's a really fun like place to start. is, like those two building blocks, and then basically whatever else you add, that final ounce mm-hmm. is gonna be awesome in some interesting way. Ooh. You? Watermelon and then do champagne only with Ooh, that. yes! That ah, sounds delicious! Yeah. I it's yeah, <laughs> oh so done. I like fell back in my chair for those like, of <laughs> you yeah. not the room. I was like, ah. like, just, like a quarter ounce of it. I don't oh. think you need that much. No. The watermelon, just a little
2: just bit. Just a little like of watermelon.
1: Yum! Yeah. And then the bubbles on top would be like a spagliato, a watermelon spagliato. I feel like it's very Vegas. I feel like that's a good Vegas. That's like a pool, a pool pounder. Yeah, pool party. Yeah, yeah pool party pounder. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we break these drinks in marketing. It's like, well, is this a is this a, is this a patio sipper or a pool crusher? I'm like, oh god, I don't know. This the, like the same? I don't know. Wherever you. No, where when you? you're wet and when you're sweating. Yeah. So the one you're sweating on the patio, one <laughs> you're cool off the pool. So
2: you take the heat the yes. hotter drinks out the pool. Cooler ones on the patio, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, we have one more question here. It's you. Tell so yeah. you. All right, okay. so. Okay, question. Everybody, um, okay. you know, in the same age identifies themselves with an animal or an insect, and they have a spirit, um, you know, it's your spirit and animal, right? So, like, say someone says, I, I really identify with a uh, um, firefly, and you're like, that's really? your body's you. Sure. What I want to know is, what is your spirit ingredient? And it doesn't have to be oh my alcohol. It could be any ingredient. It could be you know bell peppers I have no idea but yeah, it
1: it's definitely not bell peppers I'm on like a crusade against bell peppers right now um, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> it's just funny you say that it's like the one thing I'm like why because I judge these cocktail competitions like, yeah. and I have to look at all the submissions I'm like why do people keep putting bell pepper in this I don't want it. I don't like bell peppers um, well they should do their homework then they should yeah they, well, they don't know they don't know how I'm judging <laughs> it. it'll be like the juice of one half bell pepper I'm like oh zero like, oh,
0: thank you
1: <laughs> nope you don't want soap in your drink interesting <laughs> um okay wait my, my my spirit ingredient um oh my god I mean, hold on hold on hold on Or shot. No, orgeat. No one told me that. Orgeat, yeah, that's I love orgeat. So orgeat, if you if you're not familiar, is a is an almond syrup. Um, it's made. It's it's spelled orgeat. So if you like see it oh, on the shop. I have seen it. Yeah, you have okay. So O R G E A T. Mm-hmm. Yep, and. It's one of those things, like, I came to bartending from, like, the pastry side, so I was a, I was, I'm not a very good cook, I'm a vegetarian, like, I don't really care, I just make salad. But, like, but, <laughs> but not uh, green peppers. But, no, oh. God, no, never in my salads, ever, ever. What about red but, peppers? No, I mean, like, on a, like, on a veggie plate for, like, a party where I will not be eating them. And I will make them, because I under, like, I understand that other people enjoy them, but... It doesn't matter. More to your your question, so I came to cocktails because I wasn't a great cook, but I was I like baking, mm. and so I the thing that drew me to, drew me to cocktails was one I I couldn't sell wine because I was a vegetarian, and so like I couldn't be like oh this wine pairs beautifully with your steak because I've never had your steak, yeah. so I can't tell you that. But cocktails you drink alone, and cocktails are up to the people who make them to be creative, right? And. Cocktails, to me, are more akin to baking in the style of like, you're going to add all these different, like the flavors are very similar. Like you have cinnamon, nutmeg and clove, and vanilla, and all these things, right? And so, and fruit, like fresh fruit, like it's very pastry to me. And so when I started making drinks and I found orgeat, I was like, this is the best. Like it's because it's almond syrup, it's so different. It's something that's unexpected, and it only pops up, like it pops up in the Mai Tai. There's like a few drinks where you generally, traditionally use orgeat. Um, And there's a lot of these bars in New York that make their own orgeat, which is so cool, and so I I remember my my first jobs, I was helping out at 1534, Justin Noel makes awesome syrups, and he made orgeat and I was like, this is the most delicious thing I've ever tasted and so I just put a little bit of it in a lot of my cocktails, like, I'll make an old-fashioned like make it with orgeat instead like Mm -hmm. try it out, and it goes so beautifully with so many different spirits, but it's kind of unexpected it also is like an instant tropical vacation to me like, it kind of makes anything a little tiki and to me, like that's great Oh That's God, nice. i love
0: that answer. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: good. All I can think of is that you need to have a party with those little um, pastries. Uh, what are they
1: called? Those, uh, patty pan? No. The marzipans. Marzipans. I did. So I, Oh, my yeah, okay, God. They just so an
2: orgeat. And yeah. like, I'm like, why are you not having a marzipan party?
1: So we had this, um, we had an event the other day, and like, God love production assistant teams, I was like, I would like marzipan to serve with this Louis Alexander because there's almond notes in the Louis Alexander, and I wanna have them have a bite of the the marzipan, and then and I was imagining they were gonna make me like these beautiful like orange marzipan candies. I had like the whole vision of what they would do. And they showed up and the guy was like, here's your marzipan. He handed me a bag, and it's just like a block of marzipan of just like almond paste. And I went, oh no, oh no, oh no, there's been a miscommunication. (laughs) And they ran out and I got the actual marzipan, but like, yeah, I do. I like. I like this little, just like a little hint of sweetness in almond. This is just like, it's so round, it's so big, it's so delicious. I feel another party coming on, but we'll talk Let's about that it. Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Love that. On that
0: note, on, on
1: that, that note, note, why don't
0: we go down, to see Lou, and have another captain? That's right. Thank you, really, yeah, so thank, you. Captain, thank you, ladies, so much
1: for having me. Thank you. Thank you.